The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. At that time, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way. Together with Simon Peter, Thomas, called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, We also will come with you. So they went out and got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. When it was already dawn, Jesus was standing on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, have you caught anything to eat? They answered him, No. So he said to them, Cast the net over the right side of the boat, and you will find something. So they cast it, and were not able to pull it in because of the number of fish. So the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tucked in his garment, for he was lightly clad, and jumped into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, for they were not far from shore, only about a hundred yards, dragging the net with the fish. When they climbed out on shore, they saw a charcoal fire with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you just caught. So Simon Peter went over and dragged the net ashore, full of 153 large fish. Even though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come, have breakfast. And none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they realized it was the Lord. Jesus came over and took the bread and gave it to them in like manner the fish. This was now the third time Jesus was revealed to his disciples after being raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. He then said to Simon Peter a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. Jesus said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was distressed that Jesus had said to him a third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Amen, amen, I say to you, when you were younger, You used to dress yourself and go where you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. He said this to signify by what kind of death he would glorify God. And when he had said this, he said to him, Follow me. The Gospel of the Lord. Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May be seated. Each of us, each and every one of us who are here today has a story to tell. Now, maybe you're not going to write that book, that story down in a book. Maybe you're not going to pen some great epic. Or maybe you think to yourself, my story is kind of plain. It's kind of ordinary. It's kind of boring. Nothing extraordinary ever happens to me. But nevertheless, each and every one of us has a story to tell about the journey we've been on throughout our lives. 
And what's powerful and, and wonderful is that the apostles had a story to tell too. And they were able to write down those words for us that we may know who this Jesus was, who he is. Yet as we hear the gospel reading today, it, it sounds quite ordinary. I mean, there's nothing extreme about fishing. It's, it's a relatively ordinary task and something Peter and the others were used to. They were fishermen after all. They spent the most of their life fishing. And Jesus says, follow me and change the course of their life for the years to come. The other ordinary thing that happens is as they come upon shore, the disciples are, are greeted by Jesus and Jesus simply tells them, come, have breakfast. Another simple, ordinary request. But in between those two moments, something awesome happened, something spectacular that changed everything for the disciples because it went from not knowing who the stranger was to understanding that he was the Lord that they didn't even need to ask, who are you? And it all began with a simple question of Jesus. Children, have you caught any food? Now, that's quite the question. It's a little... It's a little, of a, tough, a little bit of a tough question, isn't it? Children, have you caught any food? These were grown men whose profession was fishing. This is what they did. And Jesus says, children, little ones, have you caught any food? And they answer him, no. No, we haven't. And so Jesus tells them, he says, throw your net over the right side of the boat and you will find. The text today supplements the word something. You will find something. But the actual Greek just says, you'll find. you find what? You'll find fish, you'll find food, you'll find what? And they're going to find the thing they didn't even know they were looking for in Jesus. Yet that request alone is kind of annoying too, isn't it? Again, these are fishermen. Have you ever had someone tell you how to do your job? Have you ever had someone tell you how to do your job? Because they watched a YouTube video, so they know all about it now, right? Right? The stranger on the shore with no credentials dared to say, this is how you're supposed to fish. And I can't imagine to them this was like some profound idea that they left all night. They just had that, that net on the left side of the boat and all of a sudden now they're like, oh, the right side, there it is. Like, but they do it anyways. They cast their net over and the catch is so spectacular that they can hardly pull it in. And John, John sees and he says to Peter, it's the Lord. And Peter's so excited that he just, he just jumps in the water and swims to shore. Now, why was Peter on the Sea of Tiberias? Why? To fish. To get fish. To do things you do, like eat the fish and sell the fish. Peter was there for a very specific reason, and he abandoned it in that moment because he knew the Lord was on the shore. He was awoken to this beautiful reality. Luther would say to have a God is to fully or wholly entrust yourself to him. And that's what Peter does. He abandons everything that appeared to be important in that moment. And he swims to the shore to encounter Jesus. And I, I would love to know what it was like to be the disciples who were awoken to this beautiful reality in that moment of realization of what was going on when Jesus made himself known to them. When they, when they went from nothing to abundance, when they went from disappointment to, to joy, when they went from talking to some stranger to their Lord, when they went from no to yes, children, have you caught any food? Yes, yes, the Lord provided for them. 
And, and so they come along the shore with their fish, and Jesus welcomes them and says, come and have breakfast. And already there's a fire there with fish and bread already ready for them to eat. Jesus is feeding them. It reminds me of the woman at the well when Jesus sends the disciples out to the village to get food. That was the whole purpose. Go get food for us to eat. And so the disciples do that. He talks to the woman at the well. The disciples come back. The woman goes and tells everyone about Jesus. And the disciples look at Jesus and say, Rabbi, eat. And And Jesus looks at them and says, I have food to eat that you don't know about. It's like he planned some super secret picnic. I have food to eat that you don't. The very reason he sent them into town was to buy food so they could all eat. And he starts talking about, I have food you, to eat that you don't know about. And so they start asking themselves, who gave Jesus food? Where did he get it from? What is he talking about? And he says, my food is to do the will of the one who sent me, the Father, God. It was the feeding of the 5,000. When Jesus again tells the disciples to go get some food, And they say, there's no way, we don't have enough money and there's probably not even enough food in the city to to feed this entire group. And so Jesus just takes some bread and fish and he feeds an army to abundance and overflowing baskets. And so throughout this journey they had following Jesus, throughout this journey of discipleship, Jesus was always revealing himself more fully to them, always showing them something more. Even now, the third appearance after the resurrection, he doesn't just appear once. This is now the third appearance after the resurrection. But this one's different too because the first two happen behind closed doors. They're still scared. They don't want to be seen. They don't want to be known. They don't want to be, uh, have people come after them. And so this time is different though. They're out in public. But think to yourself, they had this powerful resurrection experience with Jesus. And what do they do with that experience, with that profound understanding of who Jesus is? They don't start going and, and doing some great acts of evangelism. What do they do? They, they, they go fishing. They, they just go back to their normal life as if nothing actually changed. It's easy to get caught up in the normal, isn't it? To have powerful, profound experiences with Jesus, be on the mountaintop, but then to be distracted with life, with the demands of, of parenting, and work, of of chauffeuring kids around, of finals, and graduation, and where am I going to go next, and what am I going to do next? It's so easy to get distracted and caught up with the normal. But Jesus doesn't let them sit there. We have this moment where Jesus moves them from these men who just go fishing to the men we heard about in in the book of Acts, that were so profoundly moved by Jesus that when they are put on trial, they say we must obey God rather than men and then find themselves rejoicing that they were able to suffer dishonor for the name that is the name of Jesus. And it's all because Jesus, at the end of this gospel reading, calls out to Peter and the others. He says, follow me. Just as that ministry began, so now it continues. Follow me. And he says that word of grace to the disciples who ran away from him. He says that word of grace to the disciples who doubted him, who deserted him. He says that word of grace to the disciple who denied him when he was suffering his most. And he restores them. He restores each and every one of the disciples. 
Because the reality is the journey of discipleship is not just about but trying a little bit harder. The journey of discipleship is one of healing and eating with our Lord. To be fed by Him. Holy and trusted to Him. So often we try to fit Jesus in. We might give Him a room of our house or we might give Him a, a corner of our lives or maybe we just put Him in a little small Jesus box. Just, we, we can't fit Jesus in. He fills all, and he desires to come and fill us. He fills us with his spirit that we would be entrusted to him, holy, that we would be healed from all of our failings, from all of our, our distractions, from all the times we've walked away from him on this journey, and that we would just accept and hear his simple invitation, come, have breakfast, and we would eat with him, our Lord and our God, who feeds us even this morning. And then he calls us to feed. Feed my sheep, he says. Feed my sheep. And we have the, the, the accounts of, of the story of the disciples through the book of Acts. But the reality is the journey of discipleship looks different for each and every one of us. Even if it was different for each and every one of the disciples and each and every Christian throughout the ages. But it's one that clings to that command, follow me. And trust in Jesus. The disciples didn't look to be larger than life. They didn't take on this entire journey thinking that one day they'll be known and recognized and celebrated. They just wanted to follow Jesus. They just just wanted to be faithful to Jesus. They wanted to follow him through the highs and the lows of this journey. And they, like us, experienced the the trials and, and and the difficulties and the challenges, how easy it is to fall away. How easy it is to fall away when all of life keeps bombarding you and you just can't focus on Jesus because there's too much other things to worry about. How easy it is to fall away when we, we, we stop seeing the holes in his hands when the nails were driven through and where they pierced him in his side. How easy it is to fall away when we just stop seeing. And in those moments, Jesus is standing on the shoreline looking for you, calling out to you. Throw your net on the other side and see what you find. They found Jesus. That day on the Sea of Tiberias, they found Jesus, life eternal. They heard his call and he's calling out to you today. Follow me. Follow me. On this journey, on this story of your life, follow me. Any Lord of the Ring fans? Everyone should have their hand up. <laughs> oh, at the end of Lord of the Rings. If you watch all extended editions and you do that right after church today, you might get done before midnight. You should do it. Um, it might. Probably not. Uh, at the end of Lord of the Rings, Sam, uh, the best friend of Frodo, Frodo is finishing up his book about his experience, finishing writing an extension of what Bilbo wrote about being a hobbit. And Sam comes in and he sees he finally finishes the last words. And Sam looks at Frodo and he says, you finished it. And I, and I love this. Frodo looks at him and says, not quite. There is room for a little more. And what Frodo means is that Sam now gets to keep writing that story. This is what we've been handed down from the, the apostles and all those who have gone before us in the faith. We continue to write this story. There's room for a little more. What does your story have to say? 
All of our stories are different, and that's what makes them so beautiful, because they're all from God. And then Frodo goes on, and he says this, Bilbo once, uh, once told me that his part of the tale must end. Each of us must come and go in the telling of the story. Isn't that true? Each of us must come and go in the telling of the story. We have but this little time to tell that story now. To tell a story of a journey that Christ has led us on. A story uh, concerning light overcoming darkness, not in some always cosmic way, but in my life. And as each one of us, each and every one of us come and go in the telling of this story, my prayer for each of us that are here today is that in that final moment, we may see Jesus on the seashore calling us and saying, follow me. Follow me to a place where you'll never die again and life is forever. In the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand as we confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God.